This is Rock and Roll Grad School with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. Get your grad school for nothing and your podcast for free. I want Luke and Heidi. Hello, kitties. We are going to have a good time together because this week, Susie Sue, I think is how you say her name, um, you weren't there for it too. So this will be fun for you. Mm, yep, you're always, welcome. Always enjoyable. I miss all the fun. But but we're, we're, we're back on track now. Yes, we are. So here's what I wanted to play you something. You are familiar with Wordle. Mm-hmm. And folks may know our feelings on that. Uh, listeners are also familiar with, if you listen to our other show, you're familiar with Loodle, the rude version of Hurdle, of mm-hmm. Wordle. And then there is Hurdle, which is the musical version of Wordle that plays you two seconds of a song in, in two second increments and you have to see if you can identify it. So for example here, here's um, today's hurdle. We'll just play this. Give me a second here. All right, there you go. Don't feel the reaper. Don't feel the reaper. Yes. So it's interesting. So I found out this. You're not even impressed that I got it right. Like first guess. Great job, Heidi. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Well, everyone posts their like Wordle scores. Like exactly. No, very true. So I want some like accolades that I got it in one. So, but what I was going to say is I have noticed this is, I guess the, the people who wrote the code for Wordle did it as like an open source code. So anybody can take it and adapt it. Um, and then I found somebody posted, uh, I would hold this up here. We're a few seconds in, so it's more than just two seconds, but this is, this is Rush Hurdle. Oh, yes. So all your favorite um, Rush tracks. And then there are a ton of different artists who fans have gone in and put together code for for their favorite artists. There's, of course, uh, Taylor Swift Hurdle, BTS. Yes, BTS hurdle. And I know what you're thinking, which is a terrifying thing. (laughs) Go ahead. What are you thinking? Is there Sparks hurdle? (laughs) Yay! Yes, there is. (laughs) Um, When I found that, I was like, okay. Why didn't we create it? I'm furious. Uh, But if anyone's listening... And wants to go somehow back in time. Tuesday, greatest show on earth is the song. So we have that. That is the fun and exciting news there. That is fun and exciting news. You can enjoy our conversation with Susie. You can enjoy our conversation with Susie. I can. I can't wait. And then, well, next week, we've got a a really good one that people are going to love. Every week. I know, but next week is going to be really, really exciting. Do you remember who it is? No. Okay, perfect. I guess we'll just start talking about the... Is it the new record now? It's coming out on vinyl, but it's been out for a bit already, right? Um, we did like a soft release. Uh, it came out like... Um... I guess in the late fall of last year. Okay, so still. Because of COVID and everything, so. Yeah. 
um, it's, I really enjoyed it. I, um, in watching the video for uh, Invisible Love, it's got, there's such like a positive message. And I feel like there's that section in the middle where you kind of break it down into a bunch of aphorism seems too trite or too, uh, but there's something about it that just seems very encouraging. Is that what you usually look for when you're listening to music and when you're writing? I mean, I think for me, I typically just write whatever comes from my heart. I mean, a lot of it is uh, autobiographical, but I think that with this album in particular, I really, um, I really wanted to, and just I think with my songs moving, uh, you know, in general moving forward, they they have a, I guess a more positive outlook, and maybe that comes with age. You know, I feel mm. as we get a little older, we maybe start to look at things a little differently and have a different perspective. Do you think that increased over the past couple of years or decreased? Because you could either look at it two ways: you either go into the light or you run and hide. I guess. Yeah, I mean, the past few years have been pretty pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I think that really it's all about your perspective. And how you and how you look at things. So for me, I try to stay positive, and I think that it it does reflect in some of the songs. In particular, with the song "Invisible Love," it really is like a it's kind of like an anthem of like self empowerment and self love. And it's um, it's also like a song about helping one to like tap into this like higher aspect of themselves um, that sometimes gets overlooked because you know we we get caught up in a lot of the things happening in the three-dimensional world, so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the video, and I think the song in some ways, like it's, it reminds me a lot of, I guess documentary is one of the only kind of films that does it, but it feels like there's certain films where it feels like it's taking place somewhere else. And you're in this, you're kind of like transported to this other world. And it's got so many connections to, this world where you're like okay i can see how this all clicks together but there's something i mean the video especially visually it's it, it looks really cool how much of that how involved were you in in creating that and how much of that was in like, well let's start with that how much how involved were you in, in oh, kind of creating so much for watching it and, and thank you so much for your positive feedback i really appreciate it um yeah i feel like you really kind of uh hit it on the head there um the song it is really about this sort of spiritual journey that I've been on. Um, uh, and it sort of depicts this journey, um, like inner and outer journey. And so mm -hmm. I was really hands-on in the video. I pretty much co-directed it, came up with all the um, scenes, the, um, the dancers. It was all kind of in here. <laughs> right. And, um, tried to make it as visually... Uh, it's it, it try to make it as, uh, you know, I had some visions in my mind that I wanted to, to convey. And one of those was actually, um, I wanted to uh, portray different like divine females in different cultures. Mm -hmm. so, um, so there's a, there's a, do you remember the scene where I'm in a cave? Yep. Yeah, so that's sort of um, my like representation of a, of a character. Um, I don't know if you've heard of her name, Kuan Yin. Um, she's like the, the goddess of compassion, but basically the idea was, and I played other characters too, too. Um, 
But the idea was to just try and show um, me sort of on this journey and then meeting with sort of this like higher self version of me that comes across in different cultures. Uh, there's, um, there's like a, a character that I play where I'm covered in butterflies and there's one where I'm in the water. So it's sort of like this um, visual representation of this, I guess, yeah, spiritual journey that I've been on really. And I wanted to make it in, in a way that was um, more like, uh, sort of make it more pop culture, you know, cause sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like it can get a little bit, uh, that can kind of get a little bit new agey. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I wanted to try and do it in more of like a modern way and more of a artistic way. So, but yeah, it really is though, actually. And if you listen to the lyrics and everything, it, it is about like a, a spiritual journey that I've been on. Um, that has really influenced my music and my my life. <laughs> With the video, how much of that, when did those ideas come to you? Was that something you just had to kind of go back to the music repeatedly or as you're working on it, do you go, well, I, I envisioned this goddess here and I envisioned this character covered in butterflies. When you know, did that come in? I, I, so when I first wrote the song, um, I, I knew that I wanted to have dancers in it and that I wanted to dance. And I actually, I, I'm not really a dancer. That's the first time I've ever danced. could have fooled me. So you, you <laughs> hold your own. So I was like, okay, I'm going to dance in this video. And then, uh, and I knew I wanted to have dancers. So that was kind of like the first sort of thing that came to mind. And then the other things sort of happened as I was talking to Seth, who's the cinematographer and the co-director. We, uh, we were talking and, and I started to have um, ideas and, and different things that we could do in different locations and everything just trying to figure out how to realistically make it you know work on a you know on an affordable budget because I'm you know an independent artist so I'm right much DIYing most of my stuff and that's something that I feel like a lot of the press material I've seen is like oh she had a deal she walked away she did it herself yeah. is it in some ways it's was early on in the process of artists who are just starting out going no I want to keep it to myself I want to keep everything under my control how how terrifying was that on a night-to-night -night basis well yeah I mean so when I was signed to a major label I did feel a bit constricted artistically in certain ways and I felt like I needed to sort of uh fit into some mold at the time that they were trying mm -hmm. to you know um commercialize the music a bit more. So I feel like for me, it's been really liberating, but at the same time, there's also pros and cons and challenges. Um, but it's been really liberating creatively because I really do have my hands in everything. Um, I, you know, from the visuals to the music to even all like the business aspects of what's happening, I'm, I'm really involved. And so, and I think it takes a certain kind of personality because you have to wear a lot of hats. Um, it's not, yeah. but for me, it's worked. It's worked out so far. Um, but yeah, there's pros and cons to it. You know, the budgets aren't as big, you know, it's, it's self-funded. So there's a lot of other sort of issues that that happen that you probably wouldn't be dealing with as much of a nature. But I actually do really enjoy uh, having so much creative control over everything. Well, I was wondering about that because, you know, there's that saying kind of the fear of the, bla the blank page where when you suddenly remove all the shackles from any artistic endeavor you suddenly go oh my god like there's nothing saying no like I got to start closing doors to try to challenge myself to come up with something is that did you ever have that like oh my god what have I done 
And I think for me, it's more that I have too many ideas and like, how am I supposed, how am I going to get all this accomplished, you know? Nice problem to have. (laughs) I mean, I'm like overflowing with ideas. I have lots of ideas. It's just a matter of actually like trying to make them into a reality. So for me, I don't have that problem yet. Knock on wood. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And is that something when it comes to making the new record, how do you follow what tracks you're thinking kind of go together? Do you have a bunch of stuff that you're looking through? Are these a group of songs you kind of wrote with this idea of the spiritual journey you talked about? You know, I, I'm not the most, um, like, I don't just like crank out songs. So Mm -hmm. they, they just kind of happen when they happen. And then I just kind of put them together. Uh, so it really is sort of a, it's like a collection of songs that have, that I've been, you know, documenting and and creating over the past however long, and and I don't. It's not like I have like a hundred songs and I choose like ten of them. I really, mm-hmm. I, I'm a slow writer and I write. Um, I don't write that. I don't, it's not that I don't write that often, but I just feel like for me the writing process is really uh, kind of goes along with my with whatever I'm experiencing at the time, and I'm I'm not like writing two songs a day kind of person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, would, I, I really, I mean, that's amazing for the, those people that can do that, but that's just, it's, yeah, it's not really, it's not really what I do. How do you, you know, you talked about the spiritual journey and this sort of trip you're going on and, and direction you're heading. How do you, I mean, there's no end point to it. Right. I mean, it's like sort of like you're just constantly trying to kind of reach the next level. How how do you kind of put that through in your art and through your music and kind of try to kind of get people? Because it seems like it's sort of the music that you don't need to be a kind of fellow seeker in that way to to respond to this. I mean, my goal with my music is to really express my truth as best as I can and and also to try and uh, to to reach people with my music that in a way that really touches them deeply because that's what music has done for me so i feel that with the music that i'm creating it's sort of really just documenting the thoughts and the things that i'm feeling and thinking at the time like for example invisible love is really like some realizations that you know took me a long time to come to but they're pretty universal realizations but i think sometimes we hear things and, and, we, and we don't really digest or absorb them. And then, and then mm-hmm. we kind of get it. There's sort of like this like ding. And then it's like, okay, I, I understand really why all these different cultures and religions and different spiritual people talk about this. Um, and so it, for me, I think that, yeah, I don't think you, you can be wherever you're at. And I just feel like for me, this is where I'm at. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. And do those realizations come while you're working or is it something that you're sort of reflecting on and then say, well, I need to, I need to write about this. I think for me, I'm really inspired by nature. So a lot of times, you know, I will be, you know, like some songs will come to me, lyrics and things will come while I'm outside on a hike or uh, meditating out. I I meditate a lot. So Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of information comes through my meditations, but I think that like nature and just sort of those quiet moments where you're more still, I think is where I, I get a lot of inspiration. Um, yeah. And then also just, you know, like I said, like I'm, this is, you know, for all artists, it's right. It's really cathartic to 
be able to yeah. express your feelings in a certain way. And for me, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to, to do that through my music. And so, uh, yeah, it's, I feel like it's, um, it's just really just documenting where I'm at. Who are some of the artists who kind of did that for you? Who were your North Stars that you look to as inspiration or just, I want to follow that career path that they've been on? Well, you know, I remember, I, I remember that Tracy Chapman made a big uh, impact on me listening, mm -hmm. to her, um, listening to like Joni Mitchell. Um, I love, I love Joni Mitchell's album Blue. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, I love listening to Fiona Apple. So I feel like I, you know, it's like I, I'm inspired by artists that I feel the same way about. Like they write music that really touches my soul. So mm -hmm. I try to do the same. I'm not sure if I always, <laughs> it always happens, but that's my goal. And what is your interaction with fans like? Because obviously you're working outside of a huge, uh, you know, album-based or, or label-based PR team. Do you have a lot of interaction with the people who, you know, follow you and, and listen to you? Well, I'll be really honest, for the past however long, I've really just been like quietly releasing my music and not really performing a lot or touring that much um, uh, because I'm, I'm more hesitant to be a little bit more front and center. So I've been just sort of quietly putting out my music. But for this album, I really felt that it was important to share more of myself and to try and be more, um, just to be more, present in the whole process and so uh in terms of that like I, I don't love social media and I don't necessarily mm. love um just being uh like performing and all that stuff it's it's my favorite things are basically being in the studio and writing so I really feel like I have to kind of push myself out of my comfort zone to to do like even this interview to do right. social media to do you know to go Forum, but I feel like it's sort of like, it just feels like it's time for that to happen now because I feel that uh, I've been sort of hiding a little bit and just kind of like, here's my songs. Right. <laughs> now I feel like this this album is really, I really love this album. It's a really important album to me and I feel I would really love for more people to hear it. And so I recognize that that's part of what I do is to be more accessible and to connect more. So I'm, that's what I'm, I'm actively trying to do that now. <laughs> kind of pushing yourself to you. give a shot. Yeah. Thanks, Lipper. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's the least I can do. Um, so you're doing a show in LA, I think it is, I later this month. It, how is that going? Are you prepping for that yet? Or just at yeah. least mentally prepping? Well, so the show is like pretty, uh, it's pretty intense. I decided that I really wanted to uh, perform at this cathedral in Los Angeles, it's near downtown, it's called St. John's Cathedral. Mm -hmm. And it's just this like beautiful venue. And I'm doing this, I'm calling it, it's a, it's a musical concert and immersive wellness experience. So it's a little bit different. So we actually have to bring everything in. So it's not, they do have concerts there, but um, you have to you know, bring in your own sound, bring in your own lighting and bring in all the, the different things. And we are also bringing in like uh, yoga mats because um, like I said, there's a wellness aspect to it. So mm -hmm. everyone gets to lie down on yoga mats and they get to bring blankets and pillows and they get to experience um, a musical concert with, I'm gonna be performing with a classical, um, a classical trio, like the violin, uh, cello and viola. And then I'm also doing a, a second portion of the event is, a, is sound healing or a sound bath. 
which is really more like using sound more intentionally to calm the nervous system and to, to help, um, you know, with stress and anxiety. I just feel like, right, especially now, you know, there's not that many experiences where you can go hear music, but then also feel like you're getting like a, you know, like you're getting like a, a wellness experience. So I wanted to kind of yeah. come up with you together and create a space for people to be able to just kind of um, let, you know, let go yeah what it's interesting because it, it's sort of like i feel like live music does most of that for me does but then there's, the, there's that added element that you're going well let's make this let's really lean into this and go that way is this something that you kind of always were thinking like well if we do something live i want to kind of incorporate this sort of a bigger idea of sort of almost a healing energy or a renewing yeah. energy if you listen to the album, it actually is bookended um, with an intro and an outro that are basically me playing crystal bowls. And mm -hmm. so like I was saying before about the, the songs and how they're just kind of documenting my journey, it's, this is also part of my journey is that I've been um, studying and, 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 and practicing sound therapy for, for, for a while now. And so I wanted to try and incorporate that into my music and into my live performances. Um, so yeah, there is an intentional aspect of wellness in the experience. And I think it's really because I feel that that's, that's what I feel called to do. I feel like that's kind of what people need right now. I mean, of course, music, when you go and listen to music at a concert, it's super healing. Um, but sometimes the environment is a bit stressful. You know, there's a oh, lot yeah. of people, people are drinking alcohol. It's, you know, people are, you know, I just feel like I just wanted to create like a very like quiet space and it kind of suits the music I also write because my music is pretty mellow as well. So, yeah. Um, complete nerd question. Yeah. How do you, do crystal balls come in different keys? How do you, and, or do you just get a bowl and it's in this key and you have to work with that and hope that your voice is in that same range? Yeah, yeah no, you can get, you can get bowls in different notes and different. They're tuned. As, yeah, I mean, it depends on which ones you get, but the ones that I have are, um, they're tuned and they, they have certain notes that I, uh, I used to, I sing with them too. So it's like, um, yeah, it's really pretty. It's really beautiful. I mean, when I hear other people playing the bowls and, and, uh, and doing this kind of sound therapy thing that, was, that I'm talking about, it's, uh, it's just really relaxing. And I think that, um, like scientifically, there's a lot of benefits. Like it helps to like reduce blood pressure and helps to calm the nervous system. So there's a lot of actually really good benefits with it. But I, I love the idea of just sort of like intentionally using sound mm -hmm. um, for, for, for healing and for wellness because uh, you know I'm so connected to sound anyways. It just kind of seems natural that that's where I'd be drawn to since I've, I've been singing and writing since I was like six or seven years old. Are there keys that work better because of the sort of the sound waves and the different levels that you're working on? Are there keys that are better for that? Well, I just think it just depends. Like um, if you're singing and playing other instruments, then you, then you want to have bowls that are like pretty, like they're, they're not flat or sharp because they, they do have different, you know, there's, there's lots of different kinds of bowls you can get um, that don't right. like a, they're, they're not like at an actual note. Mm -hmm. but fine if you're just doing the bowls and you know then it doesn't make a difference but if you're playing like keyboards or you're singing or you, you know you have other people then yeah they have they make ones that are very like tuned specifically but for music in general you know there's always those um you see sound and a lot of sort of subsonic uh sound being used for 
bad things to make, you know, to create the sort of unrest in somebody. Um, but are there ranges that sort of do the exact opposite that put you in a more better state of mind, a better, you know, help you feel better? Yeah, I mean, they talk a lot about there's there's something things there's something called like binaural beats, which is when you mm -hmm. have a similar um, uh, similar note but like slightly off, and then when they go when they sort of cross patterns, it helps to like balance the brain. There's also different like frequencies. I think um, I'm not like a super expert in terms of like all the science part of it, but I think mm -hmm. there's, like you know um, what is it like the the 440 hertz frequency? I can't remember the number, but there's different like frequencies that are supposed to help especially with like brain waves you know there's like alpha beta theta so right. um i wish i would i wish i could explain this better to you <laughs> my science you know uh my ability to talk about this scientifically is probably well it's just it's so interesting I, and and the idea of that and it's just the have you had one no i haven't um oh. but i'm just like i'm just thinking like there's a I think it was Tom Waits was saying like all car horns honking G. Oh, really? <laughs> and, and one of the, and you know, and it's like mosquitoes are attracted to these colors and not this. And just that sort of thing that like in nature, there are certain sounds that are just inherently relaxing and give a peace to people. And maybe that's C because it's sort of, and everything was built around that because as, as a species, we are like, C sounds good. Like that's, <laughs> let's take that. Yeah. And we're not all at A sharp or whatever. Um, how much of that is stuff that you keep in the back of your mind when you're writing? Because it seems like a lot to carry around. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a classically trained musician. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't go to music school. I actually majored in English literature. So I come more from the sort of um, like the lyrics, the melodies. A lot of it's just coming through me and I don't even really know sometimes what I'm doing um so for me it's just more intuitive I I'm not I'm not the type of uh musician or writer that actually like can read a like I can't read a mm -hmm. a lead sheet that's just yeah that's a that's a different type of musician <laughs> yeah well <wonderful> too <laughs> but they use a different part of their brain I think I think for me it's it's really just like I go, I go a lot with, uh, with feelings. So mm -hmm. for me, I think my, you know, my knack is an ability to tune into how I'm feeling and being able to express that in a way that, that, yeah, that hopefully comes across. Clearly. And, and you said you've been writing songs since you were six or seven. How long did it take I, you? I've been singing. I've been playing. Okay. Music. I mean, yeah, you're one. <laughs> weren't writing bridges and yeah uh no, no, I, ha I started writing songs when I started playing guitar when I was like 13 or something when I started playing guitar so I did start writing songs pretty early but I take that back I've been singing and like playing instruments since I was like seven six or seven I can't remember um but yeah the writing of the music started happening when I when I learned how to play guitar and I could just like play a few chords and then I, I would turn them into little songs was that something that kind of your goal with this and kind of going by emotion and what you're feeling. Is that something you always doing or did you have like a folk phase or a, uh, you know, your punk rock era? I did Is there a seven inch somewhere that, you know, needs to be yeah. dug up? Yeah. <laughs> well, I did, you know, I do love like Portishead and I went through a phase of like listening to a lot of like electronic music and you will hear actually in the Invisible Love album, there's, yeah. there's some electronic elements to it. Um, 
No, but I've just been, you know, I've just been like, I mean, we're all creative, right? In different ways, whether it's mm-hmm. painting or writing or making music. So I feel like that this is just sort of what comes naturally to me. But uh, I think that, yeah, it's, I think it's, uh, I've been honing it over the years. But yeah, I've been doing it since I was, <laughs> I feel like I was born into this world singing and doing music. So. Well, that's so like, it's not a, a calculation. It's not a there's no thought behind it in that regard that you're just going, this is what I feel. This is how I get to this point where I can express this and it comes out in a certain way. And I feel like that's got to sort of like, you know, when you know that that kind of bell goes off inside you where you're like, yeah, I think I'm at with this piece where it should be. It's funny. Some songs come out really like they just, they just literally come out and and they're kind of done. And then other songs are, they're like a puzzle and I have to sort of put the pieces together but I have the pieces so yeah every song's a bit different um there's a song on this album called Blood Moon that literally I wrote in an hour on the piano and uh and then there's other songs that took a while because I just it just wasn't right so I'd have to change things around and move things around I think um that's actually kind of what I, what I like about music is it always feels challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, every song after I finish writing, it's like, oh, I don't know if I'll ever write, you know, a song again or, you know, I just don't know. Right. Invisible Love by Susie Sue is available right now wherever you get your music. There's also a special vinyl edition coming out on May 27th. For more information, check out her website, suzysue.com. She's also on Facebook and Instagram, where she is at Susie Sue. You can check us out on all the various socials. Be sure to visit our website at rockandrollgradschool.com. And don't forget to leave us a review. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvé and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you, good night, and may all your favorite bands stay together.